0: <laughs> Not this time, it's here, the talking queers. Come on! Oh If Boo, you four ready
1: to party! Oh
2: very hello bitch!
0: Hello bitch!
2: <laughs> Revenge
0: is a dish best served cold. Ooh, or you can throw it in the mic for like 30 seconds.
2: (laughs) I know. I was like, I feel like my revenge would be served hot and steamy.
0: Ooh, yes. Exactly. Like a steaming pile of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: my God. Welcome to the show. I'm Frankie. And I'm Jake. And you're listening to Hear the Talking Queers. Yes, another addition to hear the talking queers. Ooh, this is like the what fourth one? Number four. Oh my gosh. Oh my god! I can't even believe we're doing another one. This is like a dream come true.
0: It really is. It really is. This is something that we wanted for a long time, and I'm glad that we're starting to get into a rhythm doing it weekly. This is so exciting. <laughs> weekly or month- monthly? I mean, monthly <laughs> or monthly. <laughs> I don't know anything. Anymore. Entertainment
2: Monthly. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, doesn't quite have the same ring. <laughs>
0: mm, sure doesn't. <laughs> so, we're, what we're really excited to do today is bring something from Fear the Talking Queers that we've yet to do on a Hear the Talking Queers, which is, say it with me, play, play a game! game! Because what? Games are fundamental. Everybody loves games. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, as a as a the famous quote goes. <laughs> yes,
2: uh, <laughs> I'm excited. It's like we're playing today. Would you rather? But it's not horror related. It's just like everything. <laughs> yeah, just like
0: generic. You know.
2: <laughs> bland. <laughs> uh,
0: bland boiled chicken <laughs> yeah <laughs> served cold
2: <laughs> okay these are questions that we have not looked at ahead of time but we know that there are 71 of them so jake pick a number between 1 and 71
0: ooh i'm going to pick 69 <sighs> oh
2: my god let me scroll all the way
0: to the bottom okay <laughs> It's worth it for the bottom.
2: Ooh, this is kind of cool. Oh, and this relates to something that, like, you enjoy. Well, you're going to be oh, like, why oh would god. I enjoy this? Okay, okay. <laughs> would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button in your life?
0: Oh, mm, Oh my god, this is profound. Um, okay,
2: before you answer, can I tell you why I thought that... Not because you like movies, obviously, you know, rewind, pause. But I was actually thinking <laughs> of... Um, <laughs> The fact that in um, Saved by the Bell he can pause time, and then I was thinking of Elizabeth Berkeley and then I thought Showgirls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there we have it. Your mind is out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely. You unfocused. should be studied. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, interesting question. Okay, so I can like pause time. Is that like freeze time? Like everybody around me yeah. freezes. Yeah. Oh, that pause. might be cool. I mean, or, yeah. or go back in time, pretty much. Like, rewind.
2: You could rewind. Um, does,
0: yeah. rewi- does rewinding imply that the same exact thing's gonna happen no matter what?
2: That, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. That's why I think maybe pausing might be better, because then you can yeah. change the circumstances yeah, instead of I'd... rewinding and reliving them.
0: Yeah, I think I would definitely pick pausing my life. And then I could steal money from people. <laughs> hi, I'd like to pull
2: out whatever's left in my account. And they're like, okay, (laughs) 10, (laughs) 5.
0: And then you're like, pause, (laughs) $2,500. Yes, exactly. Or I just pause everybody, grab their wallets, you know, look through them, take their money. Hello. (gasps) Okay, I'm going to pick, as usual, our favorite number, 11. I knew it. Oh my God! Would you rather wear someone else's dirty underwear or use their toothbrush? Ew, Michelle.
2: I would rather use their toothbrush while wearing their dirty underwear.
0: <laughs> like,
2: give me both. Give me. The, give me the no, sampler platter.
0: Um. Honestly, I would rather.
2: Ew. Oh, I, I think this
0: is probably easier. I would. I think it's easier for me. I would definitely wear somebody's dirty underwear. We before don't...
2: brushing your teeth.
0: But see, I was thinking, what if...
2: I mean, it depends on whose it is. Like, you don't know what might be going on in yeah. that, in them dirty trousers.
0: Is it there? depends? I don't know. <laughs>
2: uh, right, what's going on in them drawls. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, uh, the toothbrush thing, like, I feel like there are things you could do to, like, maybe kind of sanitize a toothbrush before you use it. No,
0: no, no. What do you... No. Okay. Use fine. toothbrush.
2: I would rather wear the dirty underwear then. But what does dirty mean? Shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> know. <laughs> I feel. I no. feel like at least for men, or you know anybody who has a you know a penis, our stuff is <sighs> out on the outside, so it's not like we're gonna get some like infection or something from somebody's dirty underwear. Women or people who have. Oh, the I yeah. feel like that's worse because, you know, they have... Because the bacteria could
2: get yeah, in somewhere they but, can't wash. Right, right, exactly.
0: But I feel like I could get more well, bacteria yeah. from using somebody's toothbrush because it's going in my mouth. Also, I don't want to. They're their plaque yeah, yeah, and their, yeah. their gingivitis in my mouth. This... Sh- especially considering that I work
2: at a dental office, I should have said dirty oh, underwear true. from the beginning. Because... The things that go on in people's mouths, you guys would be surprised. It is disgusting. Oh my God, I'm gonna throw up. And sometimes, like, there are some fine ass people that come in, and they come in, we're like, oh my God, they were so hot. And then the hygienist will be like, uh, not if you saw their mouth. (gasps) Oh my God.
0: Sometimes I think I know. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) who knows what's going on in my mouth except for everybody I've ever met. Yeah, it's like they're
2: smoking hot, but so is the bacteria in their mouth. Oh my, so is their breath. Oh, smoking hot breath. <laughs>
0: oh my god. Okay, all right, moving on. Okay, next one, pick next another one. one. I pick 23.
2: Okay, here she is. Would you rather never leave the country or leave and never come back? Well, I mean.
0: <laughs> well, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't know.
2: How much is the gas prices in Switzerland?
0: <laughs> Literally. Well, I, I might leave and never come back. I think that there are some <laughs> beautiful places out there that I could probably settle down in. I would love to go to Australia or something. New Zealand. I could live with the fucking hobbits in the Shire.
2: Greece
0: is the word yeah i could go to oh my god <laughs> during the pandemic i was uh you know i watched that zach Efron, um documentary series on netflix where he like went to uh where was it rehab <laughs> oh no he went to costa rica and lived in this like commune where or he didn't live he like visited it And, like, all they did was, like, live off the land and do drugs and, you know, have a great time. And they were, like, happy with their lives. And maybe that's what, maybe that's what I need. Maybe I need to just go to Costa Rica and say, fuck this civilization. Definitely. So, basically, what Jake is trying to say, if you're
2: a cult leader, hit him up. Because he's looking for a cult to join.
0: yes, I'm looking for somebody (laughs) to lead me.
2: I know. There's nothing more glamorous than being... A Manson girl.
0: Oh <laughs> my god. Like glamour.
2: glamour. 70s glam. Oh my god. Yes. Uh, uh, middle part.
0: Stick straight. Oh my god. So <laughs> cute.
2: Yes. Gorge, gorge, gorge. Okay. Yeah. I picked that too. Leave and never come back.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm
2: going to pick number 57. 57.
0: All right. <laughs> Wow, 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 wow. Okay. Would you rather sit on a dick and eat cake up your butt or sit, <laughs> or sit on a cake and eat a dick? I would rather... <laughs> Wait, would, you- <laughs> Wait, Wait, would I rather
2: sit on a dick and eat cake up your butt? What does <laughs> what that mean?
0: <laughs> what does that mean? But you're already
2: sitting on a dick.
0: <laughs> Wait, would you rather sit you're gonna- on a dick and eat cake up your butt? It like up your butt is in parentheses oh, oh that's what it okay Set, would you rather sit on a dick and eat cake or sit on a cake and eat a dick that's what it is
2: up your butt oh they're saying like sit on a dick as being up your oh, butt
0: oh yeah yes that's what it is okay okay okay, okay. Got, got it got it got sit it sit on it, got a dick and eat cake or sit on a cake and eat a dick this is obviously written for a different demographic <laughs>
2: Yeah, this is definitely for college boys, um, who are, like, straight and douchey. I would rather sit on a cake and suck a dick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, what?
2: <laughs> that's your answer? That's, that's what I'm saying, is that, like, eat a dick, do they mean, like, eat it? Probably eat the dick, like, suck fried, it.
0: fried dick. And like barbecue.
2: Then I'd rather sit on a dick and eat cake. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
0: What are you talking about? That sounds like a reward.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like you're getting fucked and you're eating cake. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: what? Okay. Absolutely. Sure. Wow. What a Sophie's choice that is. <laughs> um, I pick um, four.
2: Oh my God. Let me scroll all the way back up. Okay. Let's <laughs> a roller coaster. Um, okay. Would you rather have sex with a hideously ugly person or a beautiful, fresh corpse?
0: (laughs) 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 Oh Oh my god. This is easy. This is... is, It is? Oh, I get You know what? Whatever. Ugly people need love, too. And so, yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, of course. The other one is, like, uh, against... The law that's like a crime
0: like, like, <laughs> that's I'm, a crime and i'm no criminal <laughs> i'm not made for prison
2: also it's disgusting that happens in the in the movie kind of that we're doing today but uh, yes true. i would say the ugly person it's not like they're
0: Wait, like define hideously
2: ugly i mean that's, I part, that's that Who, sounds pretty bad it sounds pretty bad but that doesn't mean that the rest of their body is bad you might be able to just put a bag over their face. That's
0: true. Do you know what? I can find beauty in anybody? Aww. You know who else said that? Angelina Jolie. So if she it's good enough for her, then it's good enough for me. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with for my last one, number
0: seventy-one.
2: Why not the last one?
0: Oh my god! Ooh, this one's interesting. Would you rather okay. be able to speak to animals or every language in the world?
2: Oh my god. Well, I feel like there's more power in being able to speak every language in the
0: world. That is true. That that can get you in a lot of places. I could run the world. Girls.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Honestly, yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, as lovely as it would be to speak to animals, their brain capacity is probably a little more limited. Yeah, they probably wouldn't be saying much if they could speak. Yeah, what like, would
0: what would Sammy say to you? Oh, he'd be like, "I have to pee." That's <laughs> <laughs> all he does all fucking days.
2: Pee. <laughs> um, yeah, and then my other dog would probably be like, "I like toy." I like toy. <laughs> so I don't think that I'm getting much conversation out of
0: them. That's true. They're not very they're not very intellectually stimulating. Yeah, that's a good answer. Right. That is for yes. sure better. You know, I can talk to anybody. Ugh. Oh my god, I can yeah. do so much with that. arigato Konnichiwa. Yes, domo. Not- <laughs> oh my god. What you <laughs> just call me? <laughs> uh, shut up, domo. I'm just kidding. That's a perfect segue into our movie this week.
2: Yes, our multi-language movie.
0: Yes, absolutely. That we this week we are doing Quentin Tarantino's homage to the exploitation kung fu f- samurai films. Uh Kill Bill Volume 1. Ooh, I'm so excited to
2: do this movie. This Hell was yeah. like one of like the quintessential blockbuster hits that we were thinking of when wanting to do not just fear the talking queers but also hear the talking queers yes. like this is a movie that is so exciting so brilliant so masterfully cracked, did crap, <laughs> cra- <laughs> Crapped by crap-, quentin crap- himself. out
0: by quentin tarantino <laughs>
2: He took one big giant shit, and it is genius. (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) it is. Yeah, and this is like right up our alley, okay? This is, you know, fierce women, kicking ass, taking names, and, you know, we love that. Yes, hyper-surrealism. It's camp. It's everything. It's, you know... Yes,
2: fashion even. Like, everything sure. that we love is in this movie.
0: Absolutely. And so... Murder. Uh, m- yeah, yeah there, murder. We do love it, I guess. We love to yeah. talk about it in every other movie, but in this context, it's like murder. Yeah. Assassination. Yeah. Hot. Ooh. Yeah. Let's get to it. All right, buckle up, bitches. This is Kill Bill Volume One. No kiddo, this moment,
1: this is me and my most masochistic.
2: Bill, it's your baby. Kill Bill Volume One, released in 2003, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Our movie begins with the quote, revenge is a dish best served cold. Much like our episode today, I opened it with that quote. I'm so smart.
0: Oh my God. How did you know that was coming? <laughs> Are you psychic?
2: In monochromatica.
0: Monochrom- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, lo- I can't wait to go to that concert. <laughs> monochromatica. <laughs>
2: In monochrome, a gasping blood covered bride played by Uma Thurman looks up from a chapel floor. A hand wipes her face using a handkerchief with the name Bill embroidered in the corner, while a male voice explains that what he is about to do is not a sadistic act, but a masochistic one. Just before he shoots her in the head, the bride tells Bill, played by Dave Caravine, which we'll find out later in volume <laughs> two.
0: What? It's not just a talking hand? <laughs> <laughs> played by Thing from The Adams Family. Yes. <laughs> I'm good with my hands. Okay. <laughs> The bride tells Bill that the
2: baby she carries is his. A gunshot is heard, and the opening credits begin, backed by the song Bang Bang. A Bang Bang into the room. <laughs> I know you want a bang bang, bang bang all da, over da, da. you. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Title Card Kill Bill, Volume 1. The fourth film by Quentin Tarantino. Chapter one. Two. (laughs) (laughs) The name of chapter one is two.
0: Yeah, with a little circle around
2: it. The bride drives up in a yellow and red pickup truck outside a suburban home and strolls to the front door. As she rings a doorbell, a flashback shows the bride crashing to the floor and looking up to see the face of one of her attackers, Vernita Green, played by Vivica A. Fox. As soon as the door opens, the bride's fist crashes into Vernita's face. A savage fight follows, first with fists, then with knives. The fight pauses when a school bus drives up outside and a little girl walks through the door. The antagonists hide their knives and pretend nothing is amiss despite the wreckage around them. They both reassure the child, Nikki, played by Ambrosia Kelly. The bride mentions that she used to have a child who would be the same age as Nikki, who's four. As if. She has to be at least nine. (laughs) She's like not four. She's four? I'm four. four. She says she's four. Teen? (laughs) Vernita sends the girl to her room. At this point, Vernita is introduced as a member of the Deadly Viper assassination squad, codename Copperhead. The bride is also a member, codename Black Mamba. Vernita admits to her wrongdoing for turning on the bride. The bride makes clear that she is here for revenge, but promises not to kill Vernita in front of her child. They plan a fight later, but while Vernita is preparing cereal for her child, she fires a concealed gun at the bride. Very funny, bitch. Very funny! funny. (laughs) 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 She misses, and the bride kills her by throwing a knife that impales her heart. Nikki walks in, a witness to her mother's death. The bride apologizes, but explains that her mother had it coming to her. She tells Nikki that if when she grows up, she can't get past the killing, she should come find the bride. I'll be waiting, the bride promises. She returns to the pickup, which is emblazoned with the words Pussy Wagon, crosses Vernita's name from a list headed Death List 5, in which Vernita is labeled as number two. The Bride Drives Away.
0: Oh dang! Ah! I love this movie so
2: much. Oh my god. And this opening is so iconic. Like this is. Uh a classic. But even just from the very beginning when Quentin Tarantino has thrown in these title cards or, you know, these... these studios and whatnot and they're all old the throwbacks i mean it's great even though i don't know precisely where they're coming from i know that it's referencing something that he's using as a reference
0: in this movie yeah
2: that i can reference
0: (laughs) i mean a lot of them are a reference to like old samurai movie title cards um yeah you know and because this movie is inspired by so many things i mean this movie is pretty much just an amalgamation of references thrown into a movie. You know, there's a, so yeah. a blender of samurai films, uh, Western spaghetti, Westerns, Kung Fu yes. films, uh, exploitation films, black exploitation films. It's literally mm-hmm. just a blender of references. And then out came Kill Bill volume one and two. And so, yeah, yes. that, that just like setting the tone, uh, which now these have become sort of iconic Quentin Tarantino openings to his movies. I feel like they all sort of open like this now. With that like vintage like feature presentation. They're with
2: a yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, day. We're setting the stage for this to be a movie of the old homage, right? And so, or almost like a movie of movies. Oh yeah, totally. Which is even more exciting. Right, and I and I was watching this video that made a really good point is that, you know, a lot of movies nowadays are concerned with like defying genre borders right like you know you, yes. you know like i don't want to be the exposition. pigeonholed into one specific the, yes. kind of genre whereas this movie is the complete opposite it is absolutely paying homage to every genre that it can that it can it embraces yes. genre samurai movie action movie you know like i, I think i named them all before Ex- exploitation box exploitation grindhouse like all these genres. yeah yeah anime yeah um, this movie is more concerned with paying homage to those than trying to break yes. out and be its own kind of thing, which is great. I mean, yeah. I think, and, and in turn, that to me seems like a, an original concept. It does,
2: because it's it's taking these ideas and it's almost like magnifying them to a level that, like... Yeah. It's so, like, recognizable, but at the same time, it is visually... Fresh. yeah. Like crashing the system. I'm like, oh my God, this is just so exciting to watch and look at. And the story isn't anything. No, and it's
0: spectacular. Absolutely. You know, it's not something unheard of. Right, exactly. And a lot of these westerns and samurai films are, they were just simple revenge films. There was no, there's no like, intricate plots or anything it was just one person was avenging the death of somebody or you know and especially the biggest yeah. reference that this movie has is a film called Lady Snowblood which is a very oh, famous yes. um, Japanese film about a female assassin who is avenging the I think the murder of her mother
2: I've seen clips from it I like that she uses her like parasol yeah to, it's like,
0: on HBO and I watched the first 10 minutes of it uh, before you called oh my god amazing down. I know, because I was like, is this oh my on god, anything? Because I looked on YouTube and it wasn't on there. And then I was like, I'm going to just, you know, ask Apple TV. And then it showed up, it was like, on HBO Max. I was like, oh my god, I'm going to watch oh my the god. whole thing. I'm going to watch the whole thing. Yeah. It looks really good. Yeah. 100%, 100% all Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh my
2: god, out of two reviews. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, my stepdad actually used to watch a lot of these sort of films, Lady Snowblood and whatnot, on um, like Bruce Lee movies, yeah, on Spike TV, Bruce when Spike Lee. TV first came out. Do you remember Spike TV? Yeah, it was like for, television for men. men, you know, <laughs> hetero <men>. Um, <laughs> yeah, television for men. Yes, and it was very much like that. So some of this stuff I can reference, especially because it's like the plot is so simple, but what you do have is great martial arts, great yeah. stunts, and this fight between Vernita and Miss Beth Kiddo, who why did we not find out her name until volume two? What's the did power of that? Beth
0: Kiddo? Her name is Beatrix Kiddo. Oh <laughs> <laughs> not Kiddo. Beth. but that's her sister I mean so from what I know that the reason why Quentin Tarantino censored her name I guess first of all is a reference to I think a French film um, where like all all of the the characters names were like censored by like random noises so like they'd say a name but like a phone ring would like cover their name Uh... but also uh, Quentin Tarantino said that he liked the idea of her being just like a nameless assassin you know okay that it, that it was more like i don't want to say menacing but it was more it was just cool it was cool if she was just the bride yeah
2: even though they do show her name on her plane ticket
0: they do they do but you have to you, have to, you gotta pause it real quick girl you gotta Yeah. ready
2: you gotta you gotta have those eyes ready and focused yeah. but a, yes beatrix kid watching
0: uma th- Watching Uma
2: Thurman and her stunt double, and watching Vivica A. Fox (laughs) and her stunt double achieve these stunts is spectacular. It's it's, so fun. It's so great, and I love that it just starts with literally a punch in the face.
0: Literally, yeah, and it's like so over the top. I mean, even just down to the sound effects of just the punches. It's like, it's like, yeah, which is and it. it, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly yes. and like the editing of the sound it's all very this uh. whole section and apparently uh, uh, vivica having vivica a fox as this character i guess is a very direct reference to the exploitation films starring miss pam greer who we love pam here on Grier, the podcast yeah. um you know when she played coffee and you know foxy brown all these like uh these these characters from that era jackie Brown. <laughs> Uh, well, she did play Jackie Brown too.
2: So yes, I love that. I even love like some of her lines. Like, do you feel um, sort of like a, a nod to that? Like when she's like Black Mamba, I should have been motherfucking Black Mamba. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> it's really funny, okay. iconic.
0: I, I know that. I know like all the scene by heart. It's so good. Um, it's yeah, so, so
2: good. It, you can watch it over and over because even like how jarring some of the punches are, it's funny to see two women and we watched an interview earlier <laughs> with Quentin um, oh. Tarantino and, and Miss Jan at 4 <laughs> News in the Bay Area um, going toe to toe where he's like this is empowering for women you know it, they don't have to wear crop tops in order for people to accept that they're kicking ass like they can just kick ass just as they are Exactly. They're and, they're not asking for yes. permission
0: to kick ass they just
2: do it they just kick ass and so and but that we don't get a lot of that and and so yeah. to see this movie and for it to just open with these two women not like cat fighting they're like like trained assassins <laughs> yes. and assassins they're fighting to the death
0: whooping each yes, other's asses is, and they destroy and it's so dope. this house oh it's so dope and it's like yeah and i guess that's a very a, a, a was a common thing in those black exploitation films like Coffee, where they sh- where they sort of unapologetically showed strong women getting these very, you know, physical fights with each other. And so um, I think that's amazing already. And yeah, they kick each other's asses. This house is fucking toe up from the floor. Darn it. Up. <laughs> it is fucked up. It yes, is fucked up. I even it- love when the. When the daughter
2: walks in and she's like, Mommy, what's going on? And she's like, You know, that little crazy dog
0: of yours, yeah, he was acting a damn yeah, fool yeah. in this He little ass in the house and acted a damn fool. That's what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. She's great. Well, I think that that's that part is really important too because you know, I it, it there's a code of honor here, you know, even though they're assassins and they're murderers, whatever, like, yeah, they're, they're still thinking about children, you know, the children, especially because there is a lot of plot point around being a mother and children and, um, you know, she's like, she didn't want to corrupt this child and both of them sort of immediately back off from each other and hide their weapons and, yeah. you know, try to make it, it seem like... It allows
2: for some great comedy too. Yeah. Because it's so funny to, for them to just stop and hide their knives. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. Yeah, especially when she's like, looking at her at the beginning, she's like, she's like, please, 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 like, this is my, my child. Uh, like, don't do this for my child. And then they just immediately go, whoop! And then they're like, oh, hello! Even though they're completely yes. bloody... House destroyed, <laughs> glass
2: everywhere. Yeah. Yes, and my favorite moment of their fight is literally the end, and it's really Miss Vivico, and she's like, very funny, bitch, Maybe. very funny. Poof, yeah, and boom, yeah. Just shoots her through that cereal box. Amazing, and the fact that the cereal is called Kaboom cereal, oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> so good. And obviously, she was um the the knife miss master or whatever because she's a terrible shot. She literally like shot like. 10 feet away from her and gave her enough time to fucking yeah (laughs) and just hit her with that knife but that's the, the scene before it is also so good i mean we we get our real introduction into who the bride is and what her um her yeah motivation is right like she is a at this point her focus is solely on revenge and not a goddamn fucking thing you've done in the subsequent four years including getting knocked up is gonna change that and so you know we're seeing that like we said simple plot and um and she after she kills Vernita and she gets in the car we have this like uh, monologue that happens in Japanese and um what he says in it pretty much sums up what you know the, the plot is I would say Which is basic, and he says that you can't be concerned about how people feel, and that she's on a mission, and nobody's going to stand in her motherfucking way. Is basically what that Japanese thing is saying, and that's pretty much our movie in a nutshell. You know, she even with this child there, this you know that's that child's mother, but uh, yeah, I got to right this wrong. You wronged me, you ruined my life, my family. I'm sorry. Payback is a dish best served
2: cold in a cereal box and a cereal and a box of kaboom cereal
0: yeah um yes
2: and like you're saying this opening with you know miss miss the bride just laying there and the black and white with the blood mm-hmm. all over her face like it is and Uma has such an interesting face so like yeah. seeing the pain in her eyes with the blood and just her very unique features it's it creates such like a jarring first image that yeah. they reference again and again throughout both films that you're like oh you just keep going back to that that yeah. hard moment to look at cuz it's really harsh it's like super yeah. grainy super sharp black and white, and she's, you know, she's so hard to look at. No, I'm just kidding. No, but she's, <laughs> you know, it's easy to, like, keep that stained in your mind. Like, yeah. when you think of the the bride, that's what I think of, as her on the floor, which was, I think, Uma Thurman's idea. It was. Right? To yes. do that opening.
0: It sure was, yeah. She, um, you know, they had, obviously, her and Quentin really collaborated a lot on this character and on this film, and, uh, it was her idea. She's like, what if the opening of the movie started with me on the floor and then the camera pans up and you see that I'm in a wedding dress. And so, I mean, I, it didn't necessarily turn out exactly like that of how they filmed it. Yeah, But just that concept alone was of her being a bride as, like, bloodied bride was Uma Thurman's idea.
2: Yeah. I like to think that, you know, because Pulp Fiction was is such a huge part of, like, cinema Yeah, that... It's fun to think about them on set with Quentin Tarantino saying that on the set of Pulp Fiction, like any chance he got, he started presenting this idea as it was unfolding in his head, which is funny because he's like filming this movie, which is so iconic, and yeah. you know, everybody thinks he's a mastermind for it. And but in between, he's thinking about this movie, so yeah. it's fun to think that he was thinking about this movie on the set of a movie that's just, I mean probably a little more iconic than this movie as yeah. far as like cinema history is concerned. Of course. So, I love that idea.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, this movie was obviously a long time in the making. I mean, that movie came out almost 9-10 years before Kill before Bill that. did. And so, yeah. You know, this movie was definitely something that they it was a passion of both of theirs. And yeah, Uma said that he he even credits
2: them (laughs) based on The Bride by Q and U or whatever.
0: Yes, which is Quentin and Uma. But yeah, she said that he would come over to her house and he would just sit under a tree in her backyard while she was in her house. And then he would write, write, write. And then he would come into the house and be like, here's this. And she's like, okay. She was probably like, making dinner. (laughs) Go home. Yeah, Jesus (laughs) Christ. She's like, talking to Ethan Hawke. She's like, oh my God, babe, I'm sorry he's back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is that Quentin out there? Yeah. Pulling the blinds down yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Just ignore him. Turn ignore the lights him. off. Turn the
0: lights uh, off. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Just let him do his thing. We're gonna make a lot of money, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, Quentin Tarantino made a comment or uh, like that he's only gonna make 10 films in his career. Mm. Have you, you ever see? heard that? That he I said know. that? Oh, God, That's what I do He said... Do you think that we'll ever get like a Kill Bill Volume 3 where the goal, we this has been talked about for so long, yeah. that uh, Nikki, Vernita's daughter, would grow up and become, and it, find out about her mother, become an assassin herself, and seek out revenge for her mother by killing kiddo. Do you think that is ever a possibility?
0: God, I mean, you know what? I, I desperately hope it does. I know <laughs> recently, I think as of maybe 2020... Um, Uma was in an interview and they asked her about it. And she's like, as far as I know, like, nothing has really, you know, been in development about it, but never say never. Um, and I, but I also saw that Quentin said something like his idea would be to have, um, Uma's daughter, uh, Maya Hawk, who has now become a little bit of a, you know, of an actress who's in Stranger Things and, um, she kind of have a little breakout role in that. That she would also be in the movie as uh, as BB who is uh-huh. the, the bride's daughter, the who, daughter. We, who we find out is alive. Spoiler alert, everybody. Um, and that, sh- and then it'd be sort of a showdown between her and Miss Nikki Bernita's daughter. Yeah. Oh my God, like, that wouldn't would that be, great. be? Oh my God, it, it, like just talking that about it like, makes me excited. God, I hope they do it because everybody wants it so badly. Everyone wants Everybody. it so bad. People have... Everybody. I mean,
2: uh, fans, audiences alike have already cast uh, Miss Zendaya as I was the, thinking that! Nikki. Stop it! Yes. I was like, yes. oh my that gosh. That has been like talked about in forums, on Reddit, about how great it would be if Zendaya played Miss Nikki Green.
0: She looks just like that little girl.
2: It would be amazing.
0: Oh my god! Get if they Zendaya, could, if they could get that, a Zendaya versus we need Zendaya. Hawk, like. well,
2: I know, and that's what I was thinking of when I watched this. So when Miss Little Nikki came in, I was like, okay, I think yeah. Zendaya could pass as being the older version of this little
0: girl. Well, we need to move on because I could talk about Kill Bill Volume Three literally forever about how oh much god, I'm forever. excited about it.
2: Uh, But other than that, I think it's really impressive, just before we move on to the next section, how much work Uma put into this. Vivica as uh, well, I mean, she's really showing off a lot of her skills and talent and motor skills (laughs) as well. But Miss Uma, I mean, even just them having to do these stunts and wire work and learning Japanese, you know, like those are
0: I honestly think that that Uma's performance in these films has to be one of the biggest like award season snubs ever the amount of work she put in the commitment her performance is fantastic like and i and i do look at and i look it up like all the time i don't know why i was almost like oscar snubs and she's always on the list (laughs) like that her performance was completely sort of overlooked probably because I, i which i don't really know why maybe it's because it's like an an action film or something like that, you
2: know. But yeah, it's so much. I more think people than maybe that. saw this as like, oh, not not that they would consider it a horror film, but in like the, horror movies sure. where you know lowbrow like entertainment. Thinking, yes, exactly, because of its
0: um the yeah. things that are in it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Thank you for that analysis. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so why don't we uh why don't we move on? Yes Chapter 2 The Blood Splattered Bride Four years earlier In an El Paso wedding chapel Police are investigating a mass murder The sheriff Played by Michael Parks Drives up and is told That there has been An execution style massacre Leaving nine bodies Including the bride The groom The preacher and his wife The guests And even the piano player The sheriff strolls around Commenting on the massacre Stops near the bride And remarks on how good looking she was he immediately recognizes the name she was using arlene machiavelli as an alias as he kneels to look more closely at her she suddenly perhaps unintentionally spits in his face we then see her in a hospital bed where she lies in a deep coma a smartly dressed blonde woman walks through the hospital whistling a tune she finds a changing room and emerges dressed as a nurse with a red cross patch over one eye and carrying a tray with a syringe A title identifies her as L. Driver, played by Daryl Hannah, one of the Deadly Vipers, codenamed California Mountain Snake. She stands over the comatose bride and says that her gift is to allow her to die in her sleep. As she prepares to inject the contents of the syringe into the bride's IV line, her mobile phone rings. It is Bill who orders her to abort the mission in view of the bride's survival of their previous efforts to assassinate her, and because it would lower them. Ella's furious, but does as she's ordered, leaving the bride with a word of advice. Shithead, don't wake up. (laughs) Four years later, the bride is still lying in a coma. A mosquito bites her and she sits up with a shriek. In a flashback, she sees a gun pointing at her and a bullet approaching in slow motion. She begins to feel her body, first noticing the metallic sound of her skull and then feeling the absence of the baby in her womb. She shrieks again and sobs over her loss. When she hears approaching footsteps, she lies back and pretends she's still in a coma. An orderly enters, accompanied by a large trucker. The orderly explains that for $75, this attractive woman is available for whatever the trucker wants. The man pays up and is told that he can do anything as long as he doesn't leave any marks. The orderly leaves and the man climbs on top of the bride. As he starts to kiss her, she bites down on his lower lip and severs it in a profusion of blood. He's left unconscious or dead. Who knows? I was like, would that kill somebody biting their lower lip off? I I know. I
2: don't think so, but Uh, maybe.
0: I'm not a scientist, (laughs) but something tells me. Are there (laughs)
2: arteries in your lips? I doubt it. Oh
0: my god, I know. The brine tries to get out of bed, but collapses as her legs have lost mobility and will not support her. When she hears the orderly returning, she picks up a knife and crawls behind the door. He enters and stands aghast at the carnage in the empty bed. She slashes his Achilles heel, and he falls to the floor. She drags him to the doorframe and begins slamming the door into his head. She demands to know where Bill is. She reads the name Buck on the orderly's name tag, which triggers memories of his earlier assaults on her. She gives him a couple more violent blows with the door, killing him, then searches him for his car keys. There's a keychain attached that reads Pussy Wagon in distinctive pink script. Propelling herself to the basement car park in a wheelchair, the bride is able to identify Buck's yellow pussy wagon pickup. She hauls herself in and starts the long process of getting her legs moving again. As she works on trying to move her legs, she looks back at the rest of the deadly Viper gang, introducing Oren Ishii, played by Lucy Liu, codenamed Cottonmouth, now head of the Tokyo Yakuza.
2: Ooh, uh, boom, 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 boom. boom. So now we kind of learn more about what actually happened so they were all in this assassination squad and they turned against her and she died but we see more of well apparently we see more of like what's happened that she was pregnant she was marrying someone you know and um apparently the org the dead organ or piano player that's on the ground is samuel l
0: jackson yeah he's in the second one rufus thomas he like he is he is but he's not his face is never shown but it's obviously that's Samuel L. Jackson oh it's obviously his uh, if you know if you've seen any movie ever because that man never says no to a movie you know what his voice sounds like (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah he's in it he yeah he plays Rufus he's the man okay
2: I have two questions one well first is a statement I think that the (laughs) alias Arlene Machiavelli is really cool
0: (laughs) why do you think it's cool (laughs)
2: Because um, Machiavelli, I think of Tupac. Oh,
0: okay, all right, <laughs> I love it.
2: Right. So, okay, I have a question. If you had to choose an alias and a code name to be in the Deadly Viper Assassination Squad, what would they be?
0: Um, it would be. <laughs> mm, it'd be Kelly Cream Pie, code name Trouser Snake. <laughs> 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 Trouser Snake. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Stephen. I like that. Okay. What would yours be? Okay. If I were choosing it okay. It would be Maddie Perez would be my <laughs> <laughs> would be my my alias. Yeah. And my um my snake name would be um glossy snake. <laughs> there's a there's a snake breed called glossy. Really? I feel like that's me. Yeah. My, my other one would be
0: anaconda don't <laughs> ah! <laughs> my other
2: probably be, i'd probably be a fucking rat snake
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we're learning a little bit more about what happened um we get the introduction of uh michael parks as uh texas ranger earl mcgraw and what i think about is interesting about this character is that he's gonna show up in a couple more episodes of ours this specific character <laughs> Hint, hint at what's coming soon. I had no idea until you told me. You're like, oh my god, we are going to do every movie, this three, ca- three different movies that this character is in. Not even just this actor, this actor as this character, as this character, and not in, even in complete, a Kill Bill Volume Two. No, a completely different. Yeah, not Kill Bill Volume Two. Like completely different in universes, insane. different types of movies, but. Hint, hint at what's coming next on Fear the Talking Queers.
2: Ooh, I don't even remember what the third one is.
0: So that's kind of fun. I love that there's like these like between Quentin Tarantino and hint, hint, Robert Rodriguez, like this character uh, is sort of, you know, tossed back and forth between all of them that he sort of is this uh, character that connects all these worlds. So I think that's really fun to do that. That's really fun. We also are introduced to the
2: character... That Daryl Hannah plays. What's her name? The California Mountain Snake. <laughs> oh
0: my God, Elle Driver. This is. She's probably my favorite character in this movie. Of course oh, she is. She You're is, her. She is so <laughs> bad. She's a bad girl. I love her.
2: The eye patch. Uh, the
0: the jaw. The the bone structure. Oh
2: yes, okay. the sultry red lip and the long blonde hair. That's oh, you. It
0: is me, absolutely. And I love she's so funny and she's such a cunt. I love her so much. And I <laughs> and I love this introduction. I mean we get that what is I think this movie put this song in the map, which is twisted nerve, that whistling song. Oh yes. That you know penetrated everybody's um uh ringtone account. Because how many times it was, have you heard everybody's that? ringtone? Everybody's ringtone. Yes. Yeah. I can't and you're like I, shut I up. I wish I could whistle it. I can't, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and um so I love this introduction of L. Um, it's so amazing when she walks in in that stunning coat that has that like drawn oh. on belt. So cute. Yes.
2: It's like, yes, that is so cute. So cute. I hate that we have to wait until volume two to really see yeah, more know, uh, of her. I know. I know. I know. So fast in this one, but all right.
0: But her introduction, I think, is epic. You know, she has this like, Amazing. amazing brian de palma-esque intro ah, split screen yes, the split screen so good and you, know, oh, sh- you see her like with putting the, on- when that dreamy
2: like part yeah. of the song comes on and she's putting on the the pantyhose yes and, the, and then whatever, and then whatever the else hat. she's got on yeah
0: and then yes. all her eye patch changes to one with a red cross on it which is so yes. good yes <laughs> it's so good it's so good and she's walking with that syringe and um we're getting at this point that she is very contemptuous towards the bride. Uh, again, we don't have yes. much of the reason why, but because she... Because they're both blonde. Yeah, probably. I mean, obviously, they're competition. And <laughs> yeah. we'll, we find out much, much later in different movie later that, you know, these women are part of almost like Bill's harem. Like, he sort of... I, I don't know how much about how his relationship is with Miss O'Ren or Miss Vernita, but at least between L and Beatrix, he was kind of two timing him, I think, because this conversation right. that she has seems very much like he's he's like charming her. He you know talks very sweetly, and he's like he tells her he loves her, even though and but and at the same time telling her not to kill her biggest competition <laughs> right. right up drive right to the point of about of trying to kill her, and it's like so. It's so manipulative, like to do that to her. But that's who he is. Bill is fucking evil. He's like this evil cult the leader, snake charmer. The snake charmer, yes. And he, and he yes. has Elle wrapped around his little finger. And um, you know, she he, in the harem, obviously. L had has ambitions to maybe be his number one gal, but but Beatrice, she she probably always held his heart a little a little more you know and she couldn't stand it yep oh and then she just wants to kill her it
2: drives her nuts
0: yeah I know and why Why does she
2: not I think yeah. about that yeah I'm like why wouldn't she just go through with it anyway
0: I know like, oops oh too late I already did it you called like literally well, five too
2: late. little too late
0: yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah well because I would put her on the outs with Bill if she doesn't do anything, do what Bill says True. she won't get Bill's True. love
2: I love that you mentioned that Brian De Palma reference to the split screen. Yeah. Very recognizable for me, at least from Carrie, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, but also he said that he was inspired by Giallo and the mm-hmm. styling oh. of this section. Totally. Like with the hospital. And I could totally see that as
0: well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is very much, yeah, that style, a lot of interesting angles. The mu- I mean, the music obviously isn't specifically Giallo, but just the use of music.
2: Yeah, I love that he has these cinematic references as well as material references as far as the Kung Fu movies, the Exploitation, the Western, but mixing in these stylings of also directors that he admires past that genre.
0: Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, he has so much respect and reference, and he's like a literal human encyclopedia of film. It's insane. It is insane watching him in interviews talk yeah,
2: and reference things. I'm like, holy oh my shit. I would I never mean, know as much as he there knows. There are obviously
0: some people who are meant to do this and, you know, there he is. Right there. There's a little horror reference in here too with Buck who
2: charges people to have sex with the bride's lifeless body. Ew. That is disgusting. Yeah. But the line, my name's Buck and I'm here to fuck was taken from the opening line in toby hooper's horror exploitation film eaten alive in 1976 according to imdb trivia
0: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i I saw the the comparison clip and that's the same exact line (laughs) so But, um, but before played by robert england oh yes yeah freddie freddie said it that's crazy See, there's some we, we have some relevance to Fear the Talking Queers here. <laughs> yes, this um, easily
2: could have been a Fear the Talking Queers episode.
0: Oh, totally, totally. So yeah, we have this scene where she wakes up, and you know, I I've always wondered what the significance of the mosquito biting her is. I don't really understand it, but um, that
2: is a reference to Jurassic Park. Initially. Oh <laughs> my god.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm like okay maybe it's just a coincidence that this mosquito bites her and then she wakes up but anyway she does and i think that this scene is so this is like heartbreaking to watch like oh my god it's so sad like not only like waking up being like where the fuck have i been for four years and oh and then she like knocks on her head and she's like oh shit i have a metal plate she looks at her hands and she's like four years like her hands are fucking tree stumps or something like telling her how <laughs> she has a couple more rings on, on. <laughs>
2: Oh my god, she's like the girl from the ring. Yeah, <laughs> four days left. <laughs> four days
0: four years. And then uh yeah, then to find out that her Oh, is
2: she looking at her wristband?
0: No, I think oh is she her hospital I thought, wrist I thought she band? was like literally looking at her hands and just she's intuitively <laughs> new. <laughs> I think she did. I don't Does she have a maybe wristband? Maybe it has
2: on? her admittance date on her oh, okay. wristband. All right.
0: Maybe that. Okay. That's maybe, that's fair. That's fair. I'll believe that. Oh, not
2: her admittance date, but like the current date. Yeah.
0: Sure. And she's like, oh sense. shit, it's been four years. <laughs> and then to realize that her baby's no longer there, like, oof, that is, oh, that is heartbreaking.
2: That's the worst part. Cause it's the first thing she thought of when she, yeah, once she got that. That creature off of her. It was, oh my god, where is my baby? Yeah. Four years later. Yeah. So sad.
0: This is definitely, and she plays it so amazingly in this scene. It's heartbreaking. Way more, uh, way better than Miss uh, Annabelle Wallace in Malignant (laughs) in the same scene.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, essentially the same scene. But
0: yeah, so it is very, it's very sad um, to see this. But then she immediately has to get into action when she realizes that this, like, uh, other horrible atrocities happened to her, where she's been fucking violated for who knows how long by this disgusting people. I know.
2: Yes, it's disgusting people. The one that always gets me is that door smash to Buck's head. Oh, Like, it is so violent. Like, that is like one of the most violent things you could probably do to somebody is crush them with, like, your own physical power yeah with oh a my door God. that's i know and the
0: door and she is tunnel vision from the second she wakes up because she's like where's bill and he's like who i don't know who bill is who the fuck is bill What the fuck is bill <laughs> and she's like where's bill and she just fucking smashes that head and you know what oh, i love it when she,
2: when she when after he dies, she, she looks up into the hallway and she's like oh, she grabs his sunglasses and puts them on. Oh, like yeah. that's gonna like hide oh, yeah. the fact that she's the patient
0: from the bed. I know. It is really crazy though that, you know, her legs are in entropy, right? Like she can't even move her legs, but she has all the upper body strength in the world.
2: Oh my god, I know. They, I always think about they that. They must have been like, working that's her out. Silly.
0: They're just like do- having her lift weights. But also how quickly coma. she's
2: able to move her toes. I mean, she was in there for fourteen hours, as we'll come to find out. But yeah. like she was able to move him after 14 hours. People take sometimes take years in physical therapy to be able to walk again.
0: Honestly, honestly, but you know what? She's an assassin. She's very, uh she's very in control of her body. That's very okay, true. She, but also, she knows her body.
2: <laughs> of course, it was going to be her legs that wouldn't work because then Quentin Tarantino could use that to his advantage to fulfill his foot fetish yeah. fantasy.
0: Yeah, he surprised they didn't like show her feet and then his mouth on her toes. <laughs> <laughs> Just sucking on those uh, big bad boys because you know, there's some big feet. There's some big she feet. Some big, <laughs> she has some big ass feet. Big feet and, and, and big hands. long
2: toes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> she can basically handle uh, <laughs> spoons and forks. <laughs> <laughs> She can write cursive. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Her toes are very interesting. So maybe it's that, you know, he has a foot fetish, but they're not always, you know, perfect.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he, he just appreciates feet in general. They, all, they come in all sizes and shapes. You can't choose how your feet are, or, you know, how your feet look. But I mean, yeah. You know, they all, like Angelina Jolie says, I can find beauty in anybody's feet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Feet in parentheses.
0: That's what she really meant. Um, um, You know, we have the introduction of the pussy wagon, which is. Oh my God. Just transitioning. a huge star.
2: (laughs) Yes, this is a huge star. The pussy wagon. It showed up in that Missy Elliott music video. Yes, it showed up really hot.
0: It showed up in the fucking telephone video. Lady Gaga and Beyonce are shaking their asses on the pussy wagon. Yes. Oh my God. Quentin Tarantino owns the pussy wagon, so he had to, he lent that to them to use for their. Uh, yeah. I mean, he like rented out or something. He, he, he seems like
2: really skeezy. Gross.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. He's such a weirdo. Quentin Tarantino is a weirdo, a genius, but a fucking weirdo.
2: He's so weird. Bizarre.
0: Literally. But very talented.
2: (laughs) True. Okay, so then she starts remembering Oren Ishii, which takes us to the next section.
0: All right, take it away, bitch.
2: Chapter 3, The Origin of Oren. In anime format, the film follows Oren's development from the age of nine, when she witnessed the murder of her parents. Her father, an American military officer, had tried to fight off several Yakuza henchmen but was killed. The Yakuza leader, a sleazy old man named Matsumoto, also brutally murders Oren's Japanese mother. The last of Matsumoto's men lights a fire in the room, letting the house burn to the ground. Oren survives and avenges the murders at age 11 in blood spouting style, taking advantage of Matsumoto's pedophilia. Matsumoto's men barge in and attempt to shoot her, but she hides under the bed and proceeds to shoot off their limbs and heads. She grows up to be a world-class assassin, much like myself.
0: <laughs> ass-assin. <laughs> a world ass assassin. That's what I
2: meant. That's what I Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, 13 hours have passed and the bride has regained use of her legs, so she sets out on her revenge trail. We see her flying to Okinawa. Chapter 4, The Man from Okinawa. The bride enters a Japanese sushi bar where she meets a jovial barkeeper who attempts to help her with her Japanese. Things get serious when she tells the barkeeper that she came to Japan looking for him, a Tori Hanzo, played by Shinichi Chiba
0: or Sun- Sunny Sunny Chiba. Sunny is Chiba. Here.
2: They call him Sunny.
0: Famously known as Sunny Chiba.
2: <laughs> in Japanese, she explains that she needs some Japanese steel to kill vermin. He shows her to his attic where he keeps an array of the katanas, swords that he has made. <laughs> With permission, she tries one out by splitting a baseball in half that Hatori throws at her. She asks him to give her a sword but he says they are not for sale and has sworn not to make any more instruments of death. She explains that her vermin is a former pupil of his and he correctly guesses that she means Bill. He agrees to make her a sword which will take a month. He suggests the bride spend that time training. A month later we see Hanzo examining the new sword which he believes is his finest work. He hands it to her in a small and solemn ceremony where he admits he broke his personal pact not to make any more swords, but has done so because he supports the bride's mission.
0: So we uh, have this very, very graphic anime scene. And yes. this scene when I first saw it, this scene was always like the most disturbing to me. And I won and I <laughs> I think it might have been because <laughs> as like a 13-14-year-old watching this, I don't think I'd ever seen like, an adult cartoon before. And I was yeah, kind of disturbed I by that. it. And I... Th- I I don't know why. It's just, like, I always, like, was really unsettled by this part of the movie. I was like, what? These-? I was like, animated characters don't kill each other and slice each other's heads off and blood splattering everywhere. I was, like, so I shook know. by this. The people, whatever. It is a such... <laughs>
2: I know. It's a, such a cool inclusion of Japanese anime uh, to include that as being like a point of reference for this film. It's it's a really cool nod, especially because there are so many people who are so devoted to anime. Yeah, absolutely. Nerds. No, I'm just kidding. Of course. I mean, um, <laughs> hello. That's true. But like you said, it, it's... it's feels more disturbing than anything else in this movie because it's almost letting us see this from like a child's point of view through like an animation um, rather than like full on like a movie Hollywood studio. It's like, oh my God, something like that I would love as a kid being disturbed completely by this horrific violence.
0: No, absolutely. Um, Actually this reference though, isn't even of uh, like a Japanese anime This reference actually comes from an Indian film A Bollywood film Oh um, That is actually a slasher movie Where the kills were oh. imagined As being animated So anytime somebody would get killed All of a sudden it would turn into an animated movie And they would be killed isn't that so interesting?
2: That is so uh, cool. I'm going to watch the original.
0: Yeah, that uh, it looked really cool. I saw a little clip of it. And I was like, oh, dang. Wow, it's really interesting. Yeah, like some girl gets hit, I think the- gets hit and she flies in the air. So she's like suspended as like a cartoon. I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. <gasps>
2: That's really cool. The one image that always gets stained in my brain um, is her her mother dying. And Uh. we see the blood soaking through the bed and it's dripping onto her face. That looks... It looks so cool to me. And You know, usually cartoons aren't my thing, girl, but I really do enjoy that moment of that cartoon.
0: Yeah, and I mean, God, it's heartbreaking. Like, this poor kid, you know. And you kind of realize that her... Like, Oren and Beatrix, they have a very similar trauma like they their trajectory all stems from major loss you know from her family um we don't really get much of what beatrix's like backstory is but we know that her her fiance and all of her friends and you know her her child at this point she doesn't know but are dead and um that's what motivates them that's what motivates them to keep going to you know achieve the things that they want to achieve and in this case oren um uses it as a way to propel her into the assassination game
2: yes okay tell me tell me if you can guess what i'm thinking about okay there are two characters in this section in the moments that we're talking about that are basically the characters we would be if we were in the Kill Bill universe.
0: Oh my god, we are going to be those two giggly, big-breasted hoes in the back of the limousine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love them. They're
2: like giggling yeah. all over like their sugar daddy, <laughs> yeah. and then he ge- and it's in Mexico because yeah. they have the Mexican flags and limousines, right. and he gets shot right through the fucking brain. <laughs> it goes right through, and then they show the hole in the back of his head, which I'm like, oh my god, uh, Texas Chainsaw oh <laughs> Massacre, gosh.
0: same year. Wow, who knew? Who had same the impression first? Same year.
2: Huge hole goes through the head, and then you just see the two girls looking through the bullet
0: hole. Ah! That's us. That would (laughs) totally be us. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Going back a little bit, the most disturbing part of this portion of the movie um, stems from my nightmares. I know. I know. Have we? I feel like we've talked about like my teeth falling out dreams and stuff like that. Yes. I. I feel like maybe they started. Not started, but. With that that moment when she kills Matsumoto and she's like sitting on top of him and she stabs him <gasps> ah! and he's like in so much pain he's he clenches his down teeth so, so much hard that his teeth oh! explode out of his mouth. That's exactly what my dreams are like. That like creaking noise because I'm I'm clenching so hard trying to close my mouth because my teeth are are so crooked or something that like, and that I clench down so hard that they like crack out of my mouth. Like this is the moment. Holy shit. Maybe that's why I'm so
2: disturbed by it. That is nuts.
0: And also,
2: you're probably grinding in your sleep. Oh, for sure. You're doing that. You definitely need to wear a night guard everybody. Oh
0: no. I don't want to. That's so unattractive.
2: (laughs) No, it's not. Mine is perfectly formed to my teeth and I look great when I wear it. Oh, do you wear one? Yeah, (gasps) I wear one on the upper and the lower. Okay,
0: maybe I okay. If you do it, I'm gonna do it.
2: Okay, I'm gonna take a picture of what I look like with it. I'll send it to you so that you know what to expect.
0: Oh my god! Okay, that made me feel so much better because I was like worried. I was like, I'm, I can't believe I have to be this like loser who's to wear this. But if you're a loser too, no, then I'm a loser.
2: Everybody should wear a night guard. Honestly, it will protect your teeth for eternity. Okay, back to the movie. I uh, love it was acting when she enters the sushi bar.
0: Oh, this is my favorite scene uh like non-action it, scene in this movie. It is so good. I love her so like great. her frivolous sort of American f- like, flighty sort yes. of sensibility. Oh my yes. god, I love it when she like walks in and she's sort of wide eyed and you know and she <laughs> yes. and, and I like Bushy that. Bushy ponytailed. Yeah, yes. And I love that she's <laughs> like willing to learned the language and she's, she's sort of excited about it. And, you know, she's sort of been there for a day and she's, she's kind of having this fun banter with this, you know, yes, cheery little, you know, bartender. Sushi man. Yeah. Oh, it's so sweet. I love it. It's my, I, I think it's so good. I love the, the He's tell me what Japanese you learned. And she's like, um, arigato. Arigato. <laughs> oh it's so good i just love it it's like it's like I heartwarming know. in in the midst of all of this and you know we're having some sort it of... also... oh sorry go ahead. oh i say there's oh, just life. sort of like a a moment of levity so far we've had some really really hard and disturbing moments. things that we've seen so far and now to have this moment where uh we see we see the bride what she's capable of as like a Uh, somebody who can infiltrate something she has the capability of acting and like espionage almost
2: yes is that the word this also (laughs) reminds me a lot of yeah totally um sort of reminds me of a video game you know where we get this intro why you're avenging yourself Mm -hmm. then you get the first fight and then you get to the next level you know and it's like the next level is walking into this Sushi bar to get the the weapons that you need to like do the final battles. Oh my god! And I think it's so cool because it feels that way. And I think about it when she walks in, like the way she's acting is so like. I don't know, I, I almost like animated in a way where she's yeah. like, hi, you know, like I want sushi. And um, <laughs> and then like the background though is like dark still and like, but it looks very like set design, yeah. you know, if you will. Totally. So like it feels like a video game to me and I love that. That's cute. Especially the way it gets played once they get serious, which is like, yeah. I needed a Tori, a Tori Hanzo sword. And the way she like deepens her voice and speaks fluent Japanese oh, after yeah. this whole mockery. Oh, it's so good. Like, that, it's that, so switch, good.
0: that switch is so so good. When he, and when she's like, So good. She's like, now that I got your attention, uh, now it's down to business. Because again, that's what she's here for. to For her unfinished business. And Mr. Sunny as Hatori Hanzo is a prolific
2: star in Japan that was in a series called Shadow Warriors, Shadow Warriors English, right. yes, which is about ninjas yes. in
0: feudal Japan, and that was a, a, apparently a favorite show of Quentin Tarantino's when he was younger, and so it's probably yeah. really exciting for him to bring Chiba onto this project as the same character. As the same character, he says
2: that like there's a, it's a different time sure. in each season of the show, right? Yeah, and so like he imagines that this would be Hattori Hanzo, like the 100th. Oh my god, yeah. Further into the future.
0: I love it. Yeah, that's so great. And um, you know, to be this like amazing sword like swordsmith and um he takes her up there to see his collection. And I love that she's like (laughs) she's like, uh, give me one of these. And he's like, they're not for sale. She's like, I didn't say sell me. I said give me. (laughs) I said I didn't say sell
2: me one, I said give me one. I said give
0: me one, bitch.
2: I know, I love that. Which
0: one? I would, I would pick uh, a pink uh, one, if I saw like. Oh, totally, yeah.
2: Charms. Can you oh my get Charms. Yeah, on glitter on it. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. How do I? <laughs> yeah. Can I customize it?
2: Do you have diamonds?
0: Uh, oh my god, yes. <laughs> rhinestones. Okay, fine. Down well, I, the middle. I, yeah, I can do rhinestones. <laughs> I guess.
2: Sure. <laughs> Swarovski, fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: shout out to um, Uma's body double or stunt Oh, Zoe double. Bell. Zoe, Zoe Bell, who honestly, they look like twins. Honestly. But, um, <laughs> yeah, totally. But she's, she's the one that did the, the stunt where she splits the baseball in two. It was actually done by Miss Zoe Bell with a sword and a baseball. That is insane. What the insane. hell?
0: Baseballs are not... Fragile little items. I can't believe that she could. If I do tried that. to
2: hit a baseball with a sword, the sword would fly out of my hand. I would, I
0: would miss. It'd be a strike. <laughs> <laughs> and you get yourself in yes. the leg and stuff. Yes. <laughs> Blood splattering. Like It'd be a strike.
2: <laughs> oh my. God. Oh my god. But shout I, out to you, Zoe.
0: yeah s- shout out to Zoe. Yeah, who did all of Uma's stunts in this movie? um poor thing i guess hurt her back during the filming of it and she kept on plowing through because she was afraid of being replaced <laughs> <laughs> and that is the state God, of the industry folks <laughs> i mean
2: honestly smile through the pain <laughs>
0: yeah exactly
2: well she reaped the rewards, or do drugs, and
0: now you know she's yeah. had success of her own as herself in films and so good for, yeah. for miss zoe we love that um, and then from here we, uh, oh, we get, uh, the bride sort of name dropping, yeah, not even like sort of around the way name dropping bill as the reason why. And I love that there's like this like epic blood oath There's something emotional about this. Like... You know he he yeah. You know he he swore a blood oath to never make another instrument of death or something that kills. He made a promise to God. Yeah, to promise to God. Really deep for him. And then, but to for maybe the only thing that would get him to change his mind is dropping Bill's name. You know, and it makes me wonder, like, what is the backstory? Like, what is what? Like, what's so wrong with Bill? Yeah, like, what did Bill do? That was such a such a betrayal. I in you know there's theories and stuff and um, online and and you know it has to be that maybe, well the one that I read the one that I read I think maybe I'm DB has those on there or something but is that you know he, he makes these sword these swords and uh, maybe Bill told him he was a collector or something but instead was using them to arm the the deadly viper assassination squad. And, you oh, know,
2: and it became and it became they their, became these murderous yeah devices exactly.
0: And he's like, "Wait, like that's not that's not what they were meant for. They were meant for I don't know maybe cultural purposes or like just the beauty of it or and yeah." Instead, you know, they were his his name was all these things that were murdering people, and so the only way to avenge that is to you know get rid of the person who did that, you know, to right that wrong. To stop it from ever happening again.
2: Yes, that is deep. That's very poetic. Yeah, and even the um, ritual yeah, that the, he has—the ceremony by passing this yeah. sword to her. Yes, it's really like wow. This feels yes. profound. It feels Dude. profound, and it
0: feels really <laughs> epic. Like, yes. you know, a month has gone by, and, and he has now made what is the
2: the, the state of the
0: art, the, the best, best sword he's ever made. After taking all that time off, like, oh, wow. good. I mean, it gives us
2: so much excitement about what's to come.
0: Like the anticipation. It's like, okay, now she has, she has the fucking weapon. She's the best weapon in the world. She has the motivation. Now it's time for her to get her kill. And she gets on that plane and she makes that list. Tokyo, here I come. Yeah. She boarded that plane with her samurai sword. Walk through that. <laughs> Literally walk through the
2: airport with an enormous samurai <laughs> sword that's taller than her. Yeah, you know, I was
0: like, oh my God. I was like, wow, I guess times have changed.
2: <laughs> it's like that episode of Broad City when they go to Florida. Yes. And the old ladies are like, hello, they their big, like AK 47s. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the house of blue leaves.
2: Oh, I can't wait.
0: Yeah, yeah. Chapter 5 The Showdown at the House of Blue Leaves. The film returns to O Ren and shows her as a newly elected head counsel of all the Yakuza bosses. We're introduced to O Ren's lieutenants her French Japanese lawyer Sophie Fatal, played by Julie Dreyfus, another of Bill's proteges, her teenage bodyguard Gogo Yubari, played by Chiaki Koriyama a vicious killer sporting a plaid-skirted school uniform, and Johnny Moe, played by Gordon Liu, the head of her strong arm men, the Crazy 88. One of the Yakuza members objects to her election on the grounds of her mixed-race origin. She's Chinese-Japanese American. She immediately beheads him, blood sprays from his severed neck into the air. In English, with Sophie translating, she warns the others never to disparage her heritage in any way or they'll suffer the same fate. The bride flies into Tokyo and appears in a coordinated yellow leather outfit and helmet, riding a matching motorcycle while Oren and her motorcade are heading to a restaurant. The bride spots Sophie in her car, and there's a flashback to Sophie calmly taking a call on her cell phone while the bride and her party were being slaughtered. Oren and her immediate subordinates arrive at the restaurant and are ushered upstairs into a private dining room by the nervous, accommodating owners. At the bar, the bride sits quietly and watches. I love those two. I love
2: those two characters. Uh, Charlie Brown. Yeah, we would definitely be the lady, the, yes.
0: <laughs> the lady with her, she, with her
2: big fur collar. She's
0: so funny. <laughs> I love that woman. Oren and her party are enjoying themselves when Oren senses something threatening. She throws a small dart with a red tassel through the paper wall to lodge in a beam in the hallway outside, startling the bride who is lurking near the private room. Oren sends Gogo to look around, but the bride has braced herself against the ceiling and Gogo doesn't see her. The bride enters the bathroom to take off her motorcycle gear. Sophie enters the bathroom and the, the bride hears all lang syne, the distinctive ringtone of Sophie's cell phone. With Sophie in tow, the bride loudly announces her presence from the restaurant floor, which brings Oren and her party rushing onto the balcony. While they watch, she slashes off one of Sophie's arms and pandemonium ensues as the diners and staff flee. Oren sends her lieutenants down, a few at a time, to kill the bride, but all end up being cut apart by her strong blade. The final defender is Gogo, who opposes the bride's sword with a ball and chain in a vicious fight. Gogo gets the best of the bride, using the chain to disarm the bride of her sword. In the continuing battle, Gogo's ball releases blades that allow the chain to wrap around the bride's neck, anchoring itself into a wall. As the bride struggles to breathe, she grabs a broken, nail-studded table leg and lodges it into Gogo's temple. Gogo falls to the ground as tears of blood fall from her eyes. Oh Oh my my god. I
2: love this section. This is the
0: real exciting shit. (sighs) Oh, here we go. Here we go.
2: Okay, so we meet Oren's like, first-hand mans, or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) her right-hand men and
0: women. Yeah. Which I gotta say is pretty diverse. I mean, the fact that, you know, there's gender equality here. Yes, exactly.
2: This This is a diverse group. And I love that Quentin Tarantino made it so convoluted that... Oren is a Chinese, Japanese American, but um, solely to include Lucy Liu in the film. Yeah. To to bring her to allow her to bring Oren to life. Yeah. That's what he decided to do. He was so do.
0: inspired by her performance in Shanghai Noon. <laughs>
2: Yes, exactly. And Go Go is a feminist icon. This little <laughs> teenage girl in this cute plaid uniform just pigtails uh, her flashback and she cuts open that guy's genitals.
0: Yeah, she's netzo. Like, Do you want to penetrate me?
2: And then he, she. Fucking stabs his groin and makes oh, but- his balls and dick fall out. And I she's know. like,
0: or is an eye who has penetrated you. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. She's a psycho. And I love that her character was literally inspired from a character that she played in another movie. Yeah, Battle Royale. But Battle Royale. She plays pretty much the same murderous character in that movie, too. And she's also yes. in um, Juwan. <laughs>
2: Yes, she played Mizuho, who is a schoolgirl that The Grudge Two plays tribute to.
0: Yes, so again, little horror references here and there, here and there, girl. Japanese horror, which yes. is honestly like a
2: trailblazer in the horror genre,
0: seriously. And um, yeah, she's 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 a crazy one, but we'll get to more of her in a little bit. Um, so we have this yeah this great scene where uh, you know Lu, you know Oren is defending her her heritage here her heritage and, and it's so good let it never be in question you know, yeah and she just lops off um you know his head and that blood spray comes up it's so good oh, and i
2: love that it's delayed too
0: yeah and i guess that's like, you know <gasps> that spray um is a reference again to lady snowblood one of the biggest imp- inspirations for this film because that happens a lot i guess like i saw like clips of limbs being cut off and just poosh, just spraying out like Adam's family. Oh, Ren
2: basically is Lady Snowblood.
0: Oh, literally. Yeah, I mean, I so, there's a whole YouTube video. I didn't watch it, but it was literally called Kill Bill copied Lady Snowblood. So there's obviously a, <laughs> lot, a lot of similarities in these movies.
2: <laughs> um, why I love this scene. It's so... This is one of the iconic scenes to me in the movie is when you think about iconic scenes from Kill Bill, I think the Vivica fight and then Miss Lucy Liu taking off this man's head I love it how she scuttles across the table with her feet Uh, and and it looks like she just pulls out her sword but no she has cut off his head and it rolls across the table and then she gives this wonderful speech about don't ever fucking question me but I I love the switches she's like shifting her tone constantly throughout where she's like i am a you know i'm a leader uh, with an open door policy you can always come to me if you have suggestions or think differently than i do i will accept that if you speak speak to me in a respectful manner but when it comes to my heritage Uh. i will cut off your fucking head. like and then miss sophie translating it in japanese like so swiftly yeah he's but like like,
0: "Ah." but then like getting the fucks in the word fuck (laughs) appears in the japanese it's so good i love it um yeah, brill- yeah, and Lucy Lu- l- literally delivers like such a great performance here. Yeah, f- switching tones like that. And um, you know, because I think she knows that a ru- like a leader doesn't uh what is it? come come or demand respect, you command respect and you know. She she's very much yes. she's not going to she'll lop off your head, but she's not going to yell about it until the very last second, you know. It's all- it's-, it's so good. It's so good. She is so good. And I love that even, like,
2: her speech uh, truly is about these men questioning her yeah. mostly, where she's like, exactly. you know, know your, pl- know your fucking place, because yeah. you're living in a woman's world yeah, now. Yeah, and
0: don't underestimate me. I'm literally the mo- <laughs> I'm one of the most deadly women in the world. Yeah, you're not going to sit here and, and disrespect, disrespect me, me bitch. when I'm the motherfucking, you know, leader of the pack now. <laughs>
2: I love that shortly after this, they have this, of course, iconic slow-motion hallway walk scene with that perfect fucking score from RZA. So good. Oh my god. And it's
0: like... Yeah, the long shot is so brilliant. Obviously, James Wan got a lot of inspiration for for Malignant from this.
2: Oh, yes. Once they get to the House of Blue Leaves, when they show them going up and down the stairs to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Miss James Wan said, yes, me. It took them
0: seven hours of rehearsal. To get it right. Oh, what a long ass day. I heard
2: that the cameraman passed out from exhaustion after they finished filming it. Yeah. Which I think 13 is bullshit, but 13 takes. 13 takes. Imagine setting to it get all it perfectly. up. Perfectly.
0: Setting it all up again, starting over, get the band ready, get this, get that. Like there's so much that goes into a long shot like that. Ugh. Oh my god. What a long day. I hope it's worth it. I think it was worth it.
2: I know. Can you imagine? doing a whole day of that just for just walking um 30 seconds yeah. of the scene
0: yeah that's what happens oh my god and that's movie Insane. making folks <laughs> and that's the movie and magic that's show of business kids. kid and that's show business <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> this whole no scene business. that happens even before that of like the you know that i feel like that is super iconic that song that well that's what
2: I was talking about, the iconic hallway scene with the Riza school oh, yeah. in the background. Oh with the,
0: oh, with the slow motion yeah. walk. Yeah, they're like walking. Yeah. yeah. Bum, bum, bum. yeah. And then we Duh. see Duh. um yes. yeah, it's great. Well, does the does the Bumblebee song happen before or after this? I think before, because they're on their way. I'm almost like I'm almost like, do you think she's nervous? I'm like I'm like I get nervous for her every time. I'm like, ooh, she has such a big. Task I think it's ahead supposed to make us nervous. I know it's like there's so Too. many. This is like this <sighs> is the moment we've been re- revving up for. I was like I'm always like, oh my god, she must be like i don't know is she confident in this moment is she nervous i don't know i can't tell she has a yeah she's a motorcycle helmet on i don't know
2: <laughs> <laughs> and she's just staring miss sophie down yeah she's like you who i love bitch. in the flashback has that long oh yeah fucking clip-on pony oh my god gorgeous she's
0: on the i know she's machine. Gorgeous. yeah I love her.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what Oh, a- she's also gorgeous in the ad that. Oh yeah. A kiddo passes by yeah, the red apple. for the red apple
0: cigarettes. Oh my God. Yeah. She's do- doing double duty. Miss Sophie. <laughs> a double duty in this movie. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, her character is like, she's like a protege of bills. I'm like, does he also run like but an evil lawyer? Yeah. I was like, does he run an evil <laughs> Law firm as well,
2: an evil law firm that gets them out <laughs> of their crimes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, guess it must be. He's
0: like, I don't just train assassins; I also train lawyers to get me f- from during the time. Yeah, that's true. all right. Yeah, <laughs> and then so she gets there. We have some really comedic moments with, uh, you know, Charlie Brown and and Charlie Brown and his wife. They're so Lucy. funny. They're hilarious. Yes, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They, they are so they're good. Like, oh, they're like groveling ah, yes, at their feet you. because they're probably yeah. terrified, you know? Oh, what? I
2: love when he's like giving them their beer or whatever they've ordered. Yeah. And he's like, they asked her the most ridiculous things. And she's like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Did you hear what happened to that other man? You want to get your head cut off? Yeah. yeah
0: she's like, <laughs> do what they tell you. She's literally referencing the birth that we saw get, get beheaded in the scene before. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so good. So and, good. And then, um, we get the bride announcing her presence, and this is I'm like, okay, maybe she's not nervous because she got balls, because she she has she
2: do got balls. Oh wait, wait, wait! Before she announces herself, we have to address the five, six, seven, eight. Oh. You know, are doing an amazing job with their Japanese surf music. It's so
0: good.
2: Oh, <laughs> Yes, so good. And honestly, there is some great behind-the-scenes footage of them basically doing a concert for the cast and crew. Oh my god! And Quentin is like geeking out, dancing, (laughs) and next to him is Daryl Hannah, who is turned up her hair matted (laughs) with sweat and she's wearing one of the crazy 88 masks (gasps) and she's swinging her hair around it is so funny oh my
0: god that's amazing yeah who knew that you could find like a Japanese girl band who plays surf music it's so good
2: yeah randomly in like what a thrift store or something he he was was shopping yeah he like like, heard it yeah
0: and he like apparently like had to beg them to sell their personal copy of the album to him because he, they didn't have any more and so and that's how it, you know you never know what could happen you never know and then the, then Woohoo the famous song that was in every woohoo, yeah, that woohoo. shit was in so many commercials Commercial.
2: oh my god woohoo, woohoo, that was a lot of people's like, ringtones too oh my
0: god like everybody knows that song now because I what what was it it's like a it's a cell phone company
2: it's probably Metro oh, PCS vo-
0: Vonage <laughs> for a phone service? Oh yes, Bonnet. yes. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Good for those. Good for those girls. I hope they're doing well out there. And I w- that would. I hope be someone's listening fun. to
2: us over speakers and give getting us ready for our big break. Yeah, I know
0: <laughs> exactly. We're just waiting, waiting for Quentin Tarantino to hear us.
2: Yes, and then we see yes, Hi-ya. the bride announce herself in that. Fabulous coordinated yellow outfit, yeah. which is inspired by the movie Clueless. No, oh my god!
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually inspired by *Fists of Fear. No, sorry, I lied. Not that's a, that's the a wrong reference. *Game it, of Death*. Yes, *Game of Death*. Um, *Game of Death* by
2: starring Miss Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee.
0: Yes, Miss Bruce Lee. Um, which yeah, that gorgeous like yellow with the black stripes um, that really puts our our hero, our you know, into the shoes of another master and um Oh yes you, just, a huge
2: influence over this film. Oh
0: absolutely so it's it's really exciting at you know and she's like already she and she calls her out and she's all boom, boom, boom. yes. Yes. Oh my god and, and like I love this moment. The way
2: she steps out from behind Miss Sophie. Yes, and she's
0: all, surprise, bitch. Bet you thought you seen the last of me. Yes! (laughs) It is
2: so good. The way he shot that, stepping out from behind her, it's so good. And just,
0: like, the look on Oren's face when she's just like, what the fuck? This woman is supposed to be dead. I was told she was dead. Or at least in a coma. Do you think she knew that she was in a coma or... Um, they had
2: to have known because obviously Miss California Ms. Mountain Snake El Driver, yeah, she knew. knew and Bill knew,
0: but it seems like maybe Oren has gone and maybe done they her thought own she thing. was done for. I mean, maybe yeah, that's true. But I don't know. Should like just the look on her face and she's like, "Oh shit, this woman is back," for- and she says her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, Ooh. <laughs> 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 and then. Then she's like, okay. She's like, I was not anticipating this, but I- I'm ready, you know. I-, I stay ready. I got my people with me. Um and so then she makes a really interesting decision, I would say, sending these little henchmen first. And I'm always like oh, Does she really think I that- don't think that's I- I'm like, did she think no. there she has to know that these this is just gonna be you know yeah fruitless. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, you know what I think. I think she's sending these people out there to die before her, so she can study the moves that Miss uh, the Bride is making. That's what I was thinking. It's almost like watching football as a football player, oh, that's where you're like, a, like I that's just want to point. see what they're doing, sure, to like be able to counter a boxer. I mean, sorry, oh, sure. boxers a better. Where you're watching their fights so that you know how to get them. Like, what mistakes are is she making mm. that I can get her? Ooh, on this? That's a
0: good. One. I also I also thought of it as like tiring her out. You know, she's like, oh, of course. She's like, you know, more simple. And it's like, oh, well, no, but it's also like, is that yeah. do, do you think that is like a cowardly move on Oren's part that she would, that she um, that she feels like she has to fight this woman after she's after she's been tired out after she's been fighting an army of subordinates. <laughs> I mean,
2: it's not. I think it's more smart than it is okay. cowardly. All
0: right, all right. That's fair. That's fair. That is true. It could be smart. But, Strategy. But also I'm like, uh, yeah. aren't we like fighting with honor here? Like, come on, woman to woman. Full strength.
2: We're in Japan now.
0: Yeah, come on, nope. bitch. Don't, don't send your lackeys to just be, you know, kill fodder.
2: Well, some of them are very talented and skilled. Yeah. So Maybe she did think that, well, one of them will just take care of her. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's it's true. Funny. I mean, somebody was bound to to get her. I mean, not only do I have an entire army, I also have some very skilled henchmen like Miss Gogo.
2: Oh my God. Okay. This fight oh. with Gogo is my favorite in the movie. Probably because watching this as a young girl myself, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my God, Gogo, you know, because she's supposed to be like this teenager. So you're watching this as a teenager and you're like, yeah, that's that could me.
0: I that can be a badass. The ass. way she kicks ass, like she almost gets her. She almost gets her. She is the closest to. I think, other than, oh, right in the end when she slices her in the back, to actually getting the bride and like taking her out. She gets her with that. I love that weapon that she uses too. That, that like ball and chain. The ball and chain. Oh, that is like points for originality, bitch. She's like, I'm not going to use no sword, no knife. She's like, I'm going to use this. Yes. And she's
2: like, and it's, it's brilliant. Her whole presentation—the Nikes, the plaid skirt—oh yeah—and the, then just when she steps out with that that horrible weapon, she's like,
0: "Hi!" Like I yeah, love I that. Like, Boom! It so like, drops it on the ground. Boom.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then she starts swinging, it, and like you said, the sound even plays yes, a character. In this one, like, because because so there's
0: no sound, there's no Woof. they they took out the whatever music was in the background, so now you're just hearing. As uh, she's spinning that thing around and she's like staring her down. And it has those fun sound cues where it's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like <yes. laughs> going past her head and stuff. So good. Oh, and then the
2: blades come
0: out of it. Oh, uh. I can't. It's so good. Yeah. And, and and the wire work, they kind of started incorporating a little bit of that, like jumping from the tables to tables, um, which is really yes. fun. And um,
2: spinning midair. And, yeah.
0: And it, and it, uh. com- and it, yeah, she almost gets her. They do a little bit of uh, "Fear the Talking Queers" editing in here when when she she knocks over Miss Go Go and <laughs> the fucking the bowling the bowling bowl. pins the, bo- <laughs> I, the bowling pin yeah. sound bad. so good. <laughs> it <laughs> is so good. Yeah, and then oh my god, and, <laughs> but she almost yeah she almost gets her when she chokes her with that thing like uh, it's like strangled around Ooh. her neck, which I guess is a reference to another uh, what what film was it. Uh, do I have that written down?
2: Mortal Kombat. Oh my God! <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> three. That's hilarious. I don't remember, but basically it was like something where <laughs> I think it was a horror film where somebody's neck was like I don't know, like it went through it went through their neck eventually. I forget which which movie it was. Um. Ew, it, it it's really shocking. And, and
2: Miss Uma looks like she's being choked.
0: Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my God, her eyes are red. She's- her veins oh. are red. Yes. I mean, that's what I'm telling you. The commitment that Uma gave to this film, the pain that she probably went through, uh, just so good. so good.
2: And the, the most stunning image in this m- is for this movie for me is in this moment where she grabs that. Wooden leg and oh, yeah. slams those nails into Ms. Gogo's head, and the the tears. Well, first of all, when she stabs her foot, and then you see the blood pouring out onto the Nike shoe, because yeah. of course it's a canvas white shoe yeah. with this shocking red blood coming through it, and then just right into the 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 dome, and <laughs> the blood starts coming out of her eyes as she drops dead. Oh uh, my god! I mean, the imagery, the Im- it's there for me. It's
0: amazing. I love it. I know, and then. Go-Go's out for the count. Do you know that there was an extra... There was another storyline that was going to be added to this film that got cut where she had a sister who was... And her name was Yuki. I think Yuki Ubari. So it was like Go-Go and Yuki. And that she was going to try to get revenge on... Or, or she was going to avenge her sister. And I guess is stalking the bride in an ice cream drug. <laughs> Throughout the rest of the movie, <laughs> it didn't oh it, God, did, it didn't come into weird. play. But she was cast and everything. Like, but then they ended up cutting her character. Oh, wow, yeah, crazy, right? Well, that was probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I just love, I love that idea that she was like, and that in that in an ice cream truck at the beginning when she is uh, at at you know Miss Vernita Green's oh, house, Vernita's house. Yeah, so the ice cream truck goes There's by. Ice cream That's supposed to be her in the ice cream truck stalking her. <laughs> Oh my God! Kill Bill Volume Three. Well, she still made it. Volume Three. Yes, come on. It's,
2: it's not her daughter or Vernita's daughter. <laughs> yes. It's Miss Yuki in the ice cream <laughs> <Yes>. truck <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! I love. Yes,
0: absolutely. All right. How does it all end? I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. Before Oren and the bride can engage, the
2: roar of motorbikes is heard, in the crazy eighty-eight pour in. The ensuing battle of one against many is a bloody one with the scene becoming monochromatic as the bride slices her way through the gang but finally only one of the 88 remains the youngest and the bride sends him off with a spanking go home to your mother (laughs) this
0: is what you get for (laughs) fucking around with the Yakuza go home to your mother
2: (laughs) she announces to the defeated crazy 88 that they may leave but they must leave behind their severed limbs which belong to her now she also orders Sophie to keep her ass put as the female <laughs> restaurant owner screams over the carnage in her dining room, slipping around on the blood.
0: That's, my ba- that's <laughs> one of my other favorite moments of this movie. <laughs> She's like slipping on the blood. I love it. So good so good
2: i also love that she's the only one that stayed there like, charlie brown has left the building yeah he
0: left like why did she stick around like the, you literally see her standing at the top at one point while uma's just like mowing through all the all the you know little henchmen i'm <laughs> yeah. like why is she leaving why is she watching? not this? aware that
2: she's on camera <laughs> yes. she's just
0: like <laughs> she's like this is good Great work, everybody. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the bride makes her way outside to the snow coming face to face with o Oren compliments the bride's weapon, asking where she got it from. The bride says her sword was made by Hattori Hanzo, but Oren doesn't believe her. Oren steps out of her sandals and slowly steps forward, bringing out her own sword. The two fight it out in a long and evenly matched sword fight. Oren overpowers the bride after slicing open her back. Taunting her for being a little Caucasian girl playing with samurai swords. <laughs> Love that. The bride keeps going, challenging Oren by slicing open her leg. Oren apologizes for underestimating her. The bride accepts her apology and challenges her to a final round, which quickly sees the snow splattered with a splash of blood and the top of Oren's scalp. <laughs> oh God. Just that wig
0: <laughs> flying.
2: It's a shampoo commercial. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Herbal <laughs> essences, yeah.
2: Before she drops dead, Oren realizes that the sword must have really been made by Hatori Hanzo. Later, the bride crosses Oren's name from her list. The bride loads Sophie into a car and drives to a point where she can roll her down a snowy slope to a hospital. <laughs> she rolls way past the slope. Oh my god! She rolls across but two parking but lots. But there's something about it. To the there's something
0: about it that's really satisfying to watch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> how perfectly, yes, how, she how tumbles, perfectly she just rolls. No arms.
0: Yes, it's like so. It's so nice to watch. Like in the snow, it kind of looks like, like fun. Like and the
2: sound is like soft and yes. squishy. It's like
0: I'm like, oh wow, I want to do it. I want to try me next.
2: <laughs> it's like it's like nightmare for Christmas. Yes. What's this? What is this? this? <laughs> There's something in the air. <laughs> and then he perfectly like lands in the snow. Yes. like
0: like oh my god like so delicious you want to eat it
2: yes marshmallow (laughs) the bride has tortured sophie cutting off her other arm for information on the whereabouts of the other vipers and bill as the bride draws up her death list five we see sophie talking to someone who is clearly bill she tells bill that under threat of having more limbs cut off she has told the bride everything she knows she explains that the bride kept her alive just so she could tell Bill in person all that happened and warn him that soon all of them would be as dead as Oren. The next two on the bride's list, Bud and El Driver, prepare for her arrival. The movie concludes with Bill's final question to Sophie.
0: Is she aware her daughter is still alive? The end. Oh, dang. Dang, dang, dang. Oh, my God. Okay, so where do we even start here with this crazy ADA okay. Oh. This
2: fight with the crazy ADA, I have to say, one of my favorite moments is when she's basically breakdancing oh and God. cutting off their feet. Yes, face. I, lo-
0: I love it. I mean, she's like, I don't have time for this. Like, that bitch is going to get away. So I'm just going to start fucking helicopter my (laughs) ass around this floor (laughs) yes yes it's so good yeah there's so many good things about this and like the way that it transitions from color to black and white is brilliant oh yeah and that was done for a specific reason in order to keep the mpaa from uh you know meddling themselves in the business of this movie and getting yes cut this out and don't put that in too bloody like fuck you and so yeah, fuck you yeah
2: but it's cool because it is a reference quentin tarantino used it to his advantage at least to reference um uh, i think it was an homage to 70s and 80s u.s television airings of kung fu movies yeah. which it was used as a sensor to tone it down even back then so when the mpa wanted that blood toned down tarantino used this to his advantage while still keeping it um while appeasing the MPAA, he was still able to keep it very sure. much in the style per- of what he was referencing. Perfect,
0: perfect. And also, the Japanese version of this film is in color.
2: Yes, I've heard. I need to find that. I know, I want to watch that. But even then switching back to color, but it's not color, it's more like a video game, because yeah. they're in front of that like blue oh, yeah. wall. yeah and it's just their it's, silhouette the so stylized oh, it's and so good. it almost feels like they're tap dancing yeah, on like a, a, like stage. a like a dance number
0: <laughs> yeah it's really beautiful yes, and she just and she is. fucks these people up like she like everything you think of slicing people in half she sliced somebody in half hot dog style unbelievable though <laughs> the, the sheer strength of this woman <laughs> that sword must be you could cut yourself in half and not even know it. Literally. Oh my god, it's it's just amazing. I like the moment when she throws the axe and it hits the guy in the head and he just like flies back. Oh, it's so good. Oh
2: my god. So good. Honestly, I need a set of Hatori Hanzo kitchen knives. Oh, I know. Oh my god. Can gosh. you imagine? You would ne- that would actually be brilliant.
0: Oh my gosh, you would never uh, get tired. You can just cook 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 everything will be cut, including <laughs> your cutting board and your countertops and, and, your, uh, and your fingers. Your fingers, your plates, everything just sliced in half. Do you want to try my famous thumbnail suit? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I know. It's so crazy. Um, Yeah, so she like plows through like a lot of people. She leaves them and I love that little monologue she gives at the end where she's like uh. Uh, she's like for those of you lucky enough to keep you know to keep your lives like you know good for you but leave your limbs i was like ew what's she gonna do with those make a they belong to me now (laughs)
2: yeah she's gonna make a throne
0: oh my god i'm just like that way when the flesh
2: rots off it's just a a a throne of bones
0: a throne of bones (laughs) oh my god i love it yeah she yeah she's not playing and so oh and i like that moment where she gets the she stabs um she stabs one of them with a sword and her sword kind of gets like stuck in him and she has to like use him as like a human shield for a little bit oh and like the music kinda that gets-
2: happened on bad girls club
0: <laughs> it didn't <laughs>
2: Yes. She was pulling a girl's hair down and then the girl wouldn't let her go, so she just used her as a shield against the other girls trying to jump her. Oh my god, that
0: must have been what <laughs> Quentin Tarantino is referencing here. I think so. <laughs> I love it. And then the music kind of gets intense, like she's kind of like trapped or caught. Like it's like Yeah. And but uh, you know, yes. you know she's resilient. Boom, boom. Yeah. And she's kinda like has like wide eyes, you know, she has those big ass eyes and uh but she perseveres and she yes and she she kills the game she kills johnny mo they have one little final fight scene um like yeah uh, like the balance beam like she's simone biles or somebody uh, all these female heroes
2: yeah and then she finally gets to come face to face with Oren, yeah. and of course it takes place
0: in the snow oh my god and like the lady snowblood this is very referential. Oh my God. Yeah, apparently the scene is almost identical to the scene in Lady Snowblood. Um, I don't there's something really satisfying about the name of that movie too.
2: Lady Snowblood. Yeah. It just rolls off it's the tongue. So like yeah. Just like Miss Sophie rolled down that snowy <laughs> slope.
0: <laughs> it's just so I don't know, satisfying to say Lady Snowblood. That's like a really beautiful. See now out. this is
2: why I was thinking that Miss O'Ren. Sent her subordinates to attack her first before she got in because I really think that she was doing that to study her moves because she's so careful and calculated yeah. when approaching her. Yeah, and this is- it's not easy, but it's very fast. Yeah, but it's because she's studied her, and so now she's like, okay,
0: I know what I can do, and she does get her one good time in the back. Yeah, I think you're right. I I think that there's, I think she knows that they're. Equally matched in skill, you know. Yeah, and I. So I. It's not gonna be about them going at each other nonstop. I think they. It's like a mind game. It's like they. They have to. It's about when you strike. It's about how you strike, and you only get a, a, a certain amount of chances to do so. Before they strike you back, yeah. you know, and so this whole anticipation, where we have that incredible version of "Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood" playing with the, the horns, and it's like you're you're getting so hyped, so good. So, you know, the snow is falling, the scenery is stunning. Uh, it's uh, so good. Everything. Oh my god! I, I so just and good. yeah, you're like waiting. You're like waiting for this knockout fight, but you know that they're just staring each other down and one's going to go first who's going to attack first and they have a couple a couple you know encounters clink 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 but then they you know they back off <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a back and forth thing and um, they're running around that little that little fence little thing um, yes and then and you know we're getting this like anticipation this music and then the music cuts out as soon as Miss Bride gets it in the back and this is like oh shit boom her mission her mission is like slipping from her fingers you know we're, we're high stakes you know and we're like oh my god she just m- plowed through all those people all the people that she's killed to get to this point to fight Oren, and it could be it could all be over it's over you know and yes and um you know and miss uh miss Oren is throwing out these little barbs right silly Caucasian girl playing with samurai swords and you know telling her that she's <laughs> I love that. that she's not gonna little Caucasian lo- yeah.
2: girl likes to play with samurai swords. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then she's like saying that she's like when she says something like are you not about her being tired, being exhausted or something like that. About some about five minutes. Um you won't last five minutes or something like that. <laughs> and
2: it, she you look hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You look a little gray. Was it that lamb?
0: <laughs> that, that lamb where you
2: had that weird chicken. That gray lamb. <laughs> yeah. The kind of gray no, chicken. Now I'm actually hungry. I could use a snack. <laughs> yes. It's pretty
0: much the same scene as in Brighton. It is. This is the, he- it the is. Helen and Annie of 2003.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, and then um, they have, I think... She realizes in this moment that she has one one shot. She's gotta she's gotta do this, and that her she's life, her mission her. in life now, the only thing that matters to her, just like that opening monologue said. And uh, she gets back up. Yes. And then, clink clink clink, and then whoosh, ah. and then that beautiful visual where you we see that the fountain going the cluck cluck. You know the water going, and then we Ugh. and then we see that trail of blood just going down into her little sock. Oh,
2: yes, and it's her. She's thrown her off by yeah. cutting into her leg.
0: Yes, and then just that moment where where she's like sitting, she like apologizes. She's like, "Oh shit! Like, I, I you know, I, I was I was real big. I I was acting like a big shot, you know." And then I, she's like, I need to apologize for what I said because I, I might have underestimated you.
2: Yes, and she did because then the next visual <laughs> we get is blood splattering onto the fucking snow, yes. and all of a sudden this disk of hair goes yeah. swirling yeah. into the night sky. Yeah, cousin,
0: it said. Ah, uh, flew <laughs> uh, <laughs> in. For a cameo. And I love that it's
2: very dramatic, but it literally looks like a wig beneath the road yeah.
0: on the bus. Boom. Boom. No. Yeah, all the snow flies up yeah. around it.
2: Boom boom. <laughs> but I wonder what it really sounded like. It's all
0: yeah <laughs> no, yeah, Does it sound like anything?
2: Um I also think this might be a reference to scary movie <laughs>
0: When Shorty's head gets gets cut off, no, no,
2: that one. This is your brain on drugs. Yeah. no, not that one. But uh, when they're undressing the Charlie's Angels, oh Angel style, my god! Yes, but uh, but it's like a wig <laughs> is one of the things that they're taking
0: off. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I think that is a reference. It's very that. Yeah, yeah. But then she she does it. She beats Oren and. um she's in disbelief that she lost too. And she's like, oh, that really was a Hotori Hanzo sword. Her final words. It's crazy to think that this
2: all happened before she even got to Vernita Green's house. Yeah. Like, no wonder yeah. that she got there and it was just real easy because she was yeah, so like, on edge from that drama she just went through in Tokyo. I think
0: Vernita needed to step her game up. <laughs>
2: She did. She was a little.
0: Too, she was a little too lax.
2: She was a little too lax, but lax. But also, like for her credit, Miss Oren was like the head of like a a mob yeah. in Japan. Meanwhile, Miss Vernita is trying to play house in Pasadena, California. So yeah. I don't think she was quite at that same level exactly. um, at that point. Well, in yeah, her it, life. it
0: doesn't look like she was right. on the same level skill wise either i don't think maybe
2: right no that's what i'm saying yeah she's not she forgot
0: yeah <laughs> she she forgot she, yeah, she forgot it's not like riding a she, bike yeah, she's rusty she forgot I, that's that's probably what it is she's rusty and oren is a little more up to date with her fighting skills because she's still she's still out there yeah. doing it you know
2: she takes continued education
0: courses <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
2: um yeah, and I actually think if you're not paying attention, you might think that this happens after. Yeah, oh, of course, absolutely. Like, almost like Vernita was a warm up, but it kind of was for the audience, right? And this is but, told
0: like in a book style, yeah. the chapters and everything. Like, yes. and so like yeah. and a lot of books start like that. Like they they show you something that's already happened, and then you go back. Like, you know, wait, how did we how do we get to this yes. point? Because we already know, we already knew that she was gonna win. You know, we saw the the death list. As soon as she you know, she was leaving Vernita's house and she crosses off Vernita's name, but Oren's name is already crossed out. Easy to miss your first viewing, but I mean, yeah. It's being told to us right there. We already know that she wins. But even
2: if you do notice that and you know she's gonna win. It's still satisfying because you don't know how she's sure. gonna win. Sure, of
0: course, it's the You're journey. Like,
2: how does she get there? Right. It's
0: not. A, it's not about how fast I get there. It's not about what's waiting on the side. It's the climb. <laughs> as a wise, yeah, yeah, <laughs> as a wise woman once said,
2: <laughs> <laughs> a wise woman, <laughs> um, yes. And I love this final ending with Miss Sophie, like in the wheelchair, both arms cut off while Bill strokes her hair it's like really nasty and sleazy but you know and Miss Sophie still looks stunning even though she's almost lost half of the blood in her body literally she's like I still Um, look like
0: a beautiful French model
2: Yeah. I still am gorgeous and I still represent red apple cigarettes.
0: <laughs> she's, like, she's like, how am I going to light a cigarette with no fingers? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Now Bill, I must go. I have to learn how to light my cigarettes with my toes. <laughs> my red apple cigarettes. Oh my god. Oh my god. But also I think what's really exciting about this conclusion aside from like Sophie delivering this warning to Bill, I think the more exciting part is to see people that we've already been introduced to, like Miss L Driver, like, losing her mind, knowing that the bride is on this rampage, and knowing... That she might be next, and she's ready though. She's ready for her to come. She's ready, and I think that's really exciting for us to look forward to something in the sequel. Yeah. Which, luckily for us, we don't have to wait for it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's already exists. And, and, I know, and you know, and also seeing the character of Bud, um, sort of on the opposite yeah. spectrum, where he's it's sort bad. of he's sort of conceded to. The fact that His fate Yeah like we, ca- we fucked We They must up.
2: have all felt really bad for doing this to Black Mamba
0: Well yeah that was probably their homegirl They were all office mates I'm sure They probably all kikied in the break room Do you think it would be like us? Like <gasps> if we were part of an assassination
2: yeah, squad like, Yeah like if you in a assassin Jake's pregnant we have to kill him
0: <laughs> Yeah I'd probably be pretty mad <laughs> I'd probably try to kill you yeah. back I guess What else do I have to live for? Yeah You kill my dog and that was my baby and so yeah
2: exactly <laughs> there's no coming back from that <laughs>
0: yes frankie shee <Ishii! laughs> swing
2: yeah frankie shee
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's just a hair pulling contest between the two of us yeah ow, ow! Ah! stop it <laughs> 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 oh my god yeah but then here comes they said she said you wanted a twist Here's a twist. That baby's still alive.
2: (laughs) Let me ask you something, Sophie.
0: Does she know her
2: daughter's still alive? I can hear the audience go, (gasps) (gasps) to be continued. Le gasp. Next week on Kill Bill. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I know. I love that. I I think it's a brilliant way to get us coming back for the next one. And I love that this movie, that these movies came out in theaters like only a couple months apart which I thought was brilliant. They did? Yeah, I'm pretty sure like that's one so came smart. out one came out at, like the end of 2003 and then uh I think it came out on DVD and then like the next weekend after it came out on DVD the second one came out like in oh, April of so 2004. Cool. So like you didn't have a lot of like there wasn't like a years in between. It was just like just enough to build the anticipation and then get you back yeah. in there. See the DVD if you hadn't seen it yet. You know, you it, know, because when you watch the like the featurettes and the behind the scenes stuff, a
2: lot for for volume one, a lot of volume two is already on there. Like, yeah, you can yeah, you already it was see they show clips and scenes, and that's like they're already yeah.
0: there. I know. P- I think there's like people have been wanting them to release just a straight through version. There is one. Um, is there?
2: Yes, there is one, and it is called. I will look it up right now kill bill the whole bloody affair it came out in 2011
0: oh Oh, yeah okay i love that amazing yeah just watch it straight through at this point why not it's like halloween one and two exactly just continuation not a second has gone by (laughs) oh and
2: Uh oh look and also also the anime sequence is slightly longer with much more gore
0: oh god
2: yikes Oh, my God. Okay, well, that does it for Kill Bill volume, volume 1. I can't wait to eventually do Volume 2 in the future.
0: Me too, because as, as much as I love Volume 1, it, it has probably some of the most spectacular action within these two yeah. movies. I think the real heart and the story comes in Volume 2. And so we have to get to it eventually, because it's honestly... and. I know I don't know how many people feel about this, but I think I even like Volume Two even better.
2: <gasps> okay, I'm gonna disagree with you. I like Volume One better, but they're equally, uh, I mean, perfect.
0: Yeah, they're they're just amazing. All right, so final thoughts. What do we think? What do we? I mean, I think we've pretty much just gushed over this. I movie. mean,
2: it's everything: the cast, the directing, the cinematography, the effects, the stunts, the, the costuming, the, uh, the yeah, references, the music the color i mean everything in this movie is so perfect it's a and i mean honestly another great example of the master mind of quentin tarantino i mean as skeezy as he may be as we think he <laughs> might be um he really is such a fantastic director And this movie is a perfect five out of five. I mean, there's not much to say about what makes it great. You just have to watch it.
0: Yeah, I mean, as much as it's a reference to every other thing, it's also its own thing. And it's just amazing and so full, so exciting, so full of action, so full of empowerment and um, just a good classic revenge story. Um, It's hard... for anything else to come close to this in my mind Um, so yeah 5 out of 5 50 out of 5 just one of the best ever
2: (laughs) very good it's one of the thousand and one movies you should watch before you die
0: yeah and on IMDb it's number 151 on the top 250 of all time
2: Oh my god, yeah, rightfully so. And there are a
0: lot of movies out there, so that means something.
2: There are a lot of movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that concludes this episode of Hear the Talking Queers. Yes. Our first, like, our first, like legit action, action, non horror, non sci fi. Without film. being
2: like aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Like, wow how fun we
2: did it and that you know was what? really it, fun there was you know
0: movie. just because there's a lot of action didn't mean we had you know we didn't have much to talk about i think we had a lot to talk about
2: probably could have yeah. talked
0: hours and hours more
2: honestly if you could watch everything that that this movie pays tribute to or is in reference of or pays homage to it would be this could be a 24-hour episode where we just talk about every little detail in kill bill
0: (laughs) yeah that's absolutely true all right well samurais we will see you next week for a brand new month a full new lineup so exciting um and you can oh catch what that lineup is on our instagram at fear the queers
2: yes you can also visit us at flow dot slash fear the talking queers where you can keep up to date on how to support us where you can listen yada 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 and um oh my god i am so excited to announce
0: That Jake and I are going to see each other tomorrow. Yes, I know. It'll be much later after this episode comes out. However, yes, yes, we are having another in-person reunion twice in one year. Like, who are we? Unreal.
2: And we're going to the movies again. But this time we're going to see
0: X. X, 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 Yeah.
2: I wanna. Yes. I can't wait.
0: We cannot wait. We're going to go support our, our little scream queen, our little scream princess, Jenna Ortega. And uh, um, see what is they're saying is already the best horror movie of 2022. So very excited! Oh my for that. god,
2: I'm so excited! But honestly, it was Scream. But um, yes, I'm so <laughs> excited. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> yes. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Sweet dreams. Have a wonderful night, and we'll see you next time.
2: Yes. Sweet dreams, bitch. See you tomorrow, ho! (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.
0: Bye! Bye!